Hi, this is Carl the Cobra Frutch, and you're watching Lights Out. Natasha Jonas retains her IBF welterweight championship of the world with a win over Michaela Mayer. It was a phenomenal fight. We'll be talking about the fight, the decision, and what's next for both warriors. One of British boxing's most fierce rivalries looks set to take place and give us another chapter as Josh Taylor and Jack Catron edge even closer to a rematch. The rematch we all want to see, and we'll be talking about it, and we'll be asking... What happens if the rematch does go down? This is Fesselcon for Lights Out, proudly sponsored by Spartans Law. And this is Podcast 71 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. And with me as always, I'm delighted to be joined by my main man, Mr. Mosin Gulchir, aka Ron. Ron, good evening. Um, I hope you're well. Thank you very much as always for jumping on the weekly edition of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. How are you doing? How's the family? And more importantly, how good was it to see our first UK boxing show of the year of 2024? Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me once again. Um, yeah, really enjoyed that um, classic fight that we saw um, headlining, you know, that Jonas fight, which we're uh, Natasha Jonas and uh, Michaela Mayer, which I'm looking forward to talking about and the uh, undercard of that. So I'm excited for, for the next few weeks as well. We've got a few fights coming up, which we're... We've got the Dan Aziz and Boatsy fight. We've got the Fury, which is, which we've been in anticipation for, for forever now. So it's been a good start to the year. So I'm, I'm sure it's only going to get better. Fingers crossed. I mean, it was a good way to start the year with um, a very good show up in Liverpool, which I was, you know, happy enough to attend. Um, we've got we've got quite a bit to talk about today as well. Um, after seven outtakes, we finally got over that sort of hurdle. So before we do jump into your quick fire question, Ron, uh, just a quick few friendly reminders out there to the viewers. If you haven't already, please make sure you smash that subscribe button, turn on the bell for more likes at boxing content. Check us out on all of our social media platforms. And if you want to listen to this podcast on any of the audio platforms, links are going to be below in the description. Ron, um, fire away, my man. The first quick fire question after our first UK show of the year. Again, guys, just to put you on note, I do not know what the quick fire question is, so I've had no time to prepare for this. So try not to hammer whatever I give my answer to. Ron, floor's all yours, my man. Okay, this question's personal to you, actually. And I'm quite envious of your son. Um, he's rubbing shoulders with, you know, boxing kind of legends, you know, promoters, you know, you, you know meeting with Johnny Nelson. No, hold, hold on, Ron, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've met your fair share as well, right? You know, no, 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 not close to him. I'm, I'm you gonna, met Tyson Fury. I'm a bit jealous here, a bit of green envy here. So, right, so this is a question for you in regards to, okay, so it's a bit of a hypothetical one. So just imagine tomorrow your boy says, Dad, I'm going to turn professional, okay? Okay. And obviously his dad, you, you know a thing or two about boxing. Who would be your dream team for uh, in your backing your you know son? So I'm talking about dream team, about trainer, mm. promoter, manager, you know, you name it. Which you know how? Where, what would you go with? Right. Okay. Fair enough. That's actually a good question. Um, promoter Eddie Hearn. Okay. That's no disrespect to any of the other promoters out there. Manager. I'd want me and you to manage him because we know quite a bit about boxing. Now, anybody could be a manager. Uh, you just got to get a managing license. It's not an easy job. Of course, I'm not trying to say that, but we'd manage him. 
Um, trainer. Obviously, my my son is he's coming up to two years old, so I don't know if Freddie Roach will be a, I'll be around in. 15, just imagine he was turning to. Okay, Roach okay, five. okay. Right, yeah, just yeah, Freddie Roach, Freddie Roach. I'd want either Freddie Roach or Custom okay. Motto. But obviously, if, if if it was up to me, but Costa Motto, you know, God rest his soul, is no longer with us. So it'd be Freddie Roach because I just think Freddie Roach sort of is the best example to use for young fighters. Um, you look at that relationship with Manny Pacquiao. It was a very long relationship. It was a successful relationship. Um, cut man, Jacob Stitch Duran. Um, very good cut man, featured in a lot of the Rocky movies and a lot of the fighters use him. Tyson Fury's used him as of late. Um, yeah, that's what the team would be. Um, promoter Eddie okay. Hearn, manager me. Last, I, I want to add another bit to that. If you could tell him one fighter to model himself on uh, in terms of boxing style, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, okay. Mayweather yeah. yeah, just how he carries himself in and out of the ring. So that would be your man. And Floyd not only Mayweather. that, Ron, I mean, you know, my mortgage would be paid. Um, I'd never have to spend a penny again in my life. And on top of that, you'd have the greatest fighter. I've ever lived, in my opinion, uh, that is what Floyd is. What about uh, you, mate? Oh, gosh. Uh, I've got two daughters. I mean, you know who I'm a big fan of in terms of a trainer. Um, it would be Ben Davison, I think. Yeah. Seeing who he's worked with in, the, in boxing, you know, working with AJ, and he's brought out something really good in AJ, and I'm looking forward to that relationship continuing. Uh, Got to say, Eddie Hearn, just, just you know, meeting him as well in life, and... Uh, face-to-face, -face, which was great. Um, promoter, yeah, it's going to be someone, you know, you, who you, got manager, someone that you trust. So I think me and you, we could do a, another duo again there. Um, uh, who else? I think. Okay, I wanted to ask you one more thing about you. So you said um, Floyd Mayweather. I yeah. would say someone like Manny Pacquiao. That's that would be my kind of thing. Well, let's just hope that your daughter doesn't run into the female version of um, what's the guy that knocked knocked him out? One man Marquez. Marquez. <laughs> but, listen, you said Manny Pacquiao. I, you can't knock that choice. Eight division world champion, one of the greatest fighters of all time. I've chosen Floyd. That's a great question, and there's a reason why you get this role now, Ron, because your questions are. Ones that I couldn't even think of. So, yeah, guys, um, just to, like sort of sum it up. If you had a child, who would you want them their, their team to be, i.e. promoter, manager, trainer, and cut man? Uh, get yourself involved in the comment section. Uh, Ron, as I said, we've got quite a bit to talk about, and we, we're off the back of our first UK show of 2024. And it was in Liverpool, um, so one of the greatest cities in the world. I was out there for the fight and fight week. Natasha Jonas successfully defending her IBF welterweight championship of the world against America's very own Michaela Mayer. Great fight. Um, her coach, I believe his name is Al Mitchell, said that this is going to be the Hagler versus Hearns of women's boxing. And it lived up to expectation. It was a very good fight. Uh, it had everything you'd wanted. And in the end, Natasha Jonas victorious via split decision. Uh, Ron, I'm, I'm going to start off, if, if you don't mind. Please do. I thought both females fought very well. I thought Michaela Mayer grew into the fight later after round three, which is probably what cost her the fight. I thought Natasha Jonas fought fire with fire. And just as, I mean, obviously we were back and forth on uh, WhatsApp, just as if it seemed as if Nat uh, Michaela Mayer was 
gaining the advantage in the fight because I, I said that I reckon she could stop her at some point because she was landing some very se serious punches. And as the fight was going on, the better Michaela Mayer got, the better Natasha Jonas got. Um, and I think the early start to Natasha Jonas and sort of the late finish is what got her over the finishing line. What did you make of the fight? Yeah, really great, you know, spectacle for women's boxing. Uh, really enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed that fight, you know, back and forth. Uh, scorecard surprised me a little bit as well. Um it's interesting what Natasha Jonas's trainer uh, said that in order for you to win, you know, be the challenger, you need to do something extra amazing. And I, and sort I thought, strict, sort of, grab, like sort of grabbed the bent away from it. That's yeah, yeah, you have to kind of. I, yeah, I saw I, how I, Sam Jones reacted to that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was gutted for her. You know, for considering what Michaela May has been through in her career. You know, she's the almost gal. You know, she. She came up short against uh, Bon Gardner. You know, obviously we know the controversy that's happened since then. You know, her failing a drugs test. I don't know what's come of that. And there, you know, she kind of felt really hard done by. It. And a lot of fans, a lot of people that were watching that, they all felt the same. Uh, a lot of them felt the same that that was, um, you know, Michaela Mayer's night. You know, she should have been crowned champion. So, I mean, I'm not surprised for hearing calls for a rematch of that to let's play it back uh i thought that michaela mayer in the late round was landing the cleaner shots someone even made a comment i think sam jones responded to and said if it was a three minute round you know natasha jonas would have been you know would have been out of there so i don't know what you thought of that what you well, think it's, of as, that? it's as i said every time i thought michaela mayer sort of had her in the position where she could even potentially maybe go on to, to score a knockdown or even, you know, force a stoppage. Natasha Jonas just got better. Like I said, she mm. fought fire with fire. Um, you know, I thought Michaela Mayer landed the better punches, the more deadlier punches. Mm. Cleaner I, punches. The bar, cleaner I punches, yeah. Mm. I, I thought Michaela Mayer won the fight, but it was a very close fight. I mean, you know, I think um, someone in the Sky Sports studio said that those close rounds could have gone either way. It wasn't it wasn't a robbery. I think I might have said robbery, but it wasn't. I've watched the fight back. Uh, every round was very close. And I think um, Michaela May should be extremely proud of herself, jumping up in weight, taking on the, the number one fighter in that division, which is Natasha Jonas. And it was a great advert for, for women's boxing. And it's going to kind of lead to my next point. I don't think we should have three-minute uh, rounds. I think this, this two-minute rounds, because you've got you know 60 seconds less, that's what makes women's boxing so good right now. So would I like to see it back? Natasha Jonas has said after the fight and uh, a lot throughout the last few days that she reckons this is her last year in boxing. So if it's her last year in boxing, you know, she's won belts, two-weight world champion, unified, unified champion. I think now it's all about what she can get out of the sport and the fights with the likes of the Katie Taylors. They're, they're the big money fights. And it's a fight I'd love to see. I'd, I'd listen. I'd love to see Jonas Mayer again, but you've got to look at the bigger picture here. You know, Natasha Jonas has won belts. She's unified. You know, she's been a multi-weight champ weight champion. Go out there and get the biggest and the biggest paydays now. What have you got? She, two or three left. She's thirty-nine years of age, and she's a credit to women's boxing. You know, Fantastic. she's got, she's got a mural up in Liverpool. You know, you go through Liverpool, you see murals of. 
Klopp, Van Dijk, Gerrard. She deserves it, man, because she 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 is one of Liverpool's greatest, not just fighters, but also athletes. And I think, you know, I, I was ringside, Ron, yeah, and I saw Makeda Mayer land some big, big punches. Yeah, they were clean, crisp punches, and they might have knocked anybody else out on the night, but she's got that will, she's got that drive, and as I said, she's a... She's the best example in women's boxing right now for me. She had a lot of decisions go away early on in her career. She carried on plugging away, and she is where she is today. And hats off to the lady. You can't fault her. I mean, I, I told you what I'd like to see her do next, but what do you think is the right move next for her on? I'd like to see, I'd like to rewind that back. I think that would be a great fight. There's also uh, Jessica McCaskill in that division as well. So she wants to fight for another belt. So, I mean, the, you know, it's all, it's a, you know, the world's a oyster, basically. So it's up to her. She's, she wants the biggest payday, rightly so. She's 39, you know, get out while you've got your, everything in, in, intact. Um, you know, if she was to retire tomorrow, you know, we, you, you said it there, uh, how she's kind of thought of highly in Liverpool with murials, but in British boxing, she's done us proud. You know, um, she lost, you know, against Katie Taylor, you know, that, and she's come back from that. Uh, she got, she got stopped, didn't she, by, um, oh, I can't pronounce the name, Obanouf mm. earlier on in her, in her career as well. So that's, that was setbacks that she's had, but look, she's 39 and she's come across and she's been involved in a war with, so, you know, another talented fighter in Michaela Mayer. So it's, all doors are open at the moment, I would say for her. Absolutely. And it's interesting to see what she do next. What she sorry, what she does next, and I think look, if she chooses to fight a Katie Taylor, Jessica McCaskill for a money fight, thirty nine years of age, been involved in the sport a very long long time, former Olympian, accredited to the sport, I'll be happy with whatever decision she makes because, like I said, Ron, you know, multi weight world champion, former unified champion, whatever route she chooses next, you know, back her on it. But again, great fight. I believe Michaela Mayer will come again. I believe she wins a world title again. And who knows, maybe we might get the rematch. You know, only time will tell what's going to happen. Um, also on that undercard, Zach Chelly um, became the new British super middleweight champion by beating Jack Cullen. Um, uh, credit to Zach Chelly. You know, he lost his last fight to Mark Jeffers. Um, I, I, I was there the night he lost to Cody Davis. You know, so that was two defeats at British domestic level. And then you're kind of thinking, you know, if he loses this this rematch because he fought Zach, uh, Jack mm. Cullen um, during lockdown in the um, Eddie Hearn's... He drew against him, innit? Yeah, Eddie Hearn's uh, fight camp, back garden fight camp. So the, the pressure was on him massively in this fight, but I was there and um, I thought he performed... I thought the performance was good enough to win the fight. It wasn't a great fight because a lot of people had it down as potentially the fight of the night, but it wasn't a great fight. And, you know, he done enough to win the fight. You know, Jack mm. Cullen, listen... Um, you know, he's a, he's a strong, strong character. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tough son of a gun, but I just think on the night, Shelley had too much for him. But now the fact that he's obviously come back from a defeat to go on and, you know, capture the British title, Ron. But what do we do next with Zach Shelley? I mean, when you talk about 168 pounds, I mean, the fight we've got on this weekend, Munguia Ryder, and you look at Canelo, Benavidez, you know, Caleb Plant. You know, what, 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 do, we, what do we do next with these fighters? Well, especially, I mean, especially Zach Chelly now that he is the number one man in the British division. I mean, listening to Johnny Nelson talking about him, um, 
he he said this is his level. You know, he's at this British, you know, kind of Commonwealth kind of level. You know, I think the next level, it, it will be a massive jump if he's kind of going on the world level. So, I mean, Zach Chelly is 26 years old. You know, he's young. You know, he's, he's still got to grow in, you know, in this boxing game. I think why not take him up to a European level fight or maybe another good British, tougher British fight that he can have. Um, yeah, that, that's that's my, you know, there's no rush with him. So just plan the next few fights, you know, otherwise another defeat, it sets him, you know, really back in his career then. Well, I mean, listen, you know, Johnny Nelson, one of my favourite guys in boxing, i got to disagree with that comment. He's not going to stay at British level for the rest of your career. I mean, he's 26 years old, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there's Callum Simpson. There is that rematch with, with Mark Jeffers. You know, there's, there's some decent fights at British domestic level. But I think you defend it once, maybe twice, then you go after the European. And then that's mm. sort of where you know where you're going in your career. If you can get past European level. He's got past British level. I think he can get past European level, but... He's 26 years old. He's still a baby in the sport. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I mean, if I mean, I'm listen, if I'm Zach Chelly right now, defend it maybe once or twice, and then look at European level. I, I agree. I think that's that should be the next move. Put him at European level after maybe one or two defenses. But you mentioned Callum Simpson. It's a great fight. A fight. I like that fight. Yeah. He's talking a good fight. You know, in the in the Sky Sports kind of interviews, and he is saying what he would do, and he would put them out. So. Uh, could we see a, maybe a rematch with Mark Jeffers at some point? Well, Mark Jeffers also won on Saturday night beating Jermaine yeah. Brown. And listen, I like this Mark Jeffers kid, you know. I was there the night he beat Zach Chelly. He stepped in on a two, as a two-week replacement, you know, and he flipped the script, you know. He, he turned up, didn't make no noise, just went about his business, performed, performed brilliantly. He fought Jermaine Brown on Saturday night. He damaged his hand in the second round. And he said that he was in sparring mode session and he goes, he needs bigger and tougher challenges. And if you watch our interview of him, um, he said he fancies the winner of Munguia versus Ryder. He's a confident kid. Wow. You know, he's managed by uh, Kevin Marie. Um, he's got a good good team behind him. And I do believe that maybe he is a sort of secret weapon in this British domestic level. You know, um, who knows? Maybe, maybe a fight with um, Callum Simpson could be next. Or maybe you might fight Jack Cullen, you know. But I do believe... I don't think we'll see Zach Chelly versus Mark Jeffers in a rematch. You know, I remember interviewing Kevin Marie after the Mark Jeffers win, and he said that after the uh, win against Zach Chelly, on an eight-day notice, eight-day notice, they got offered the European title fight, and they accepted it. But the guy who holds the European title, I can't remember what his name is, didn't get back to Mark Jeffers and his team. And Kevin Marie said that this guy has got the balls to fight anybody. So, listen, who knows, man? It, it, it could be a new breath of fresh air up at uh, 168 in the British domestic level. It's, it's exciting times, man. Not just all, not just world and European level, but British domestic level, you've got some really good fighters and you've got a couple of decent fights to be made there. We'll, 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 stay, we'll stay on the uh, the 168 division because Jaime Manguia takes on John Ryder this Saturday night in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, listen, very good fight. Good test for Manguia. You know, 42 now with 33 KOs. John Ryder, 32 and 6. Obviously coming off the back of the defeat to Canelo Alvarez. I remember a few years ago, Ron, me and you sat down and, you know, you said to me, you know, outside of the Furies, the Crawfords, the Usyks, you know, and the uh, Spences, the Bivols, 
Now, who's your next favourite fighter? And I mentioned Munguia. Now, Munguia, he's got some good wins on his record. Liam Smith, he was involved in probably fight of the year last year with Devryanchenko. But he's not had that sort of big fight yet where it's got not just the average boxing fan, you know, glued, glued onto, but he's just not been in that fight where everybody's thinking, yep, looking forward to seeing this one. I think this John Ryder fight gives a little bit more coverage to the out-of-boxing fans. But this is a fight that he's got to win because I do believe he wins this fight on Saturday night. He's going to be looking to get a Canelo Alvarez or a Benavidez or maybe, you know, a, a, a Caleb Plant or a Demetrius Andrade. But is, everybody expects him, expects him to win on Saturday night, Ron. But is this the biggest fight of his career given the fact that he is close enough to Canelo and David Benavidez? Yes, I think so. I mean, if you look at John Ryder, you know, look at the experience that he brings. Um, he's been in with some really good names himself, like, um, you know, you know, Ryder's been with Daniel Jacobs, Sawa Alvarez. Um, so that would be a really good name to have on his record as well. So Mongoya, yeah, I think he just needs that breakout fight, that name on his resume to kind of get the attention of, you know, Canelo's and the the names that you mentioned, Andrade and and so forth. So I really hope, I mean, this this kid is a good, you know, big thing in that division, one in the 168 division. So, uh, but John Ryder won't be any easy walkover. So, he, you know, and John Ryder, I've read his recent interview. He said, look, if I don't win this, that's me done. That's my, you know, that's my career done. Where do I go from there? He's got six defeats on his record. So he'll be kind of making a point to prove to himself um, and to the boxing community that he still belongs there. You know, he's, he should be up there with the big fights. You know, if he turns out, if he does a surprise, you know, John Ryder's will be on everyone's lips and and people will be kind of, you know, associating him with bigger fights in the future. But let's see. You know, as I asked you, as I said that, you know, the eyes are going to be a lot more focused on this fight. And, you know, is this the biggest fight of his career? There was definitely a bit of focus on the, the Revianchenko fight. And that was, in my opinion, fight of the year for, in 2023. Mm. And if it wasn't for that stoppage towards the end, he may have even lost that fight on points. So he's got to be a lot better against John Ryder. I, I, yeah. Look, you know what you're going to get with John Ryder. You know, he's tough. He's durable. He's not one of those mm. opponents that likes to turn up, to sort of lay down. He doesn't turn up to make up the numbers. He's a guy that likes to believe... He turns up to fights to win fights, you know. However, I don't want to see Munguia win this fight on points. I want to see him make a statement. But at the same time, it's not going to be easy because, as we said, this is a tough and durable opponent in John Ryder. Now, mm -hmm. let, let me ask you a question, Ron Wright, yeah? We all know the man of the division is Canelo Alvarez right now. That guy is going to choose who he fights, where he fights, and for however much he wants, yeah? If you're Canelo Alvarez, yeah, you've got, in my opinion, you've got two choices right now. Obviously, you've got Benavidez. We saw what he done to Demetrius Andrade. And obviously, depending on what happens on Saturday night, let's say Munguia does blast out John Ryder. If you're Canelo Alvarez right now, who do you choose? Do you choose Jaime Munguia or do you choose um, David Benavidez as your next opponent? Because that's all the fans are going to accept. Because I think right now, with the way boxing is, they're more interested in the, the Haney's and uh, the tanks. Canelo, in my opinion, has, isn't really the number one talked about. Fighter. He's probably maybe one of the number one fighter in the world, but the appeal is not there anymore in terms of, oh, who's Canelo fighting next? And to get that appeal back, right, 
if you understand what I'm saying, he's got to either fight Bivol next or he's got to fight um, David Benavidez next. But yeah, who do you think he goes after? Let's say Manguia wins on Saturday night out of Manguia and David Benavidez. I, I, I fancy that Dan Benavidez fight. But back to your point, I mean, Canelo, I mean, what has a man got to do? Look, I mean, look at his list of fights that he's had in the last few years. Jamel Charlo, Ryder, Gennady Golovkin, Bivol, which he lost to, obviously, on points. Uh, Caleb Plant, Billy Joe Saunders. So he is, you know, beating top fighters, you know, in that division. So he's not ducking anyone. Uh, and he is the cash cow. So he's the one that everyone's running after, wanting for that dream fight because they know they're going to make millions. So, um, and he's not looking to retire anytime soon. He's, you know, uh, so I would want him to fight Benavidez. And it's going to be who's next, who's next kind of scenario. I mean, well, what, where, what, do you, what do you think? Would, do you reckon he takes a Benavidez fight or did he, you go for Mongoya? If you're well, the there's, taker there. There's a lot of talk about him fighting... Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo, okay. Yeah, he's beaten Jamel, who went up in weight. And then and there's Jamal Charlo. Yes, yeah, I mean, it was. was. It was a ball. I mean, and I didn't enjoy that at all. He didn't want to engage. So I hope his brother can do a lot better than what he's done. Well, his brother had his first fight in a few years on the uh, Andrade Benavidez card. Mm. And it wasn't a good performance. However, it was enough to win. I just honestly think right now, for his legacy if he fights the Jamal Charlo nothing. who's just come back after two years wasn't it nothing no nothing no, no. so I, no. I, hope I, I, I like I like the fight with Benavidez I think that's a great fight and when I said about um, Canelo losing that appeal I didn't mean Canelo as a whole I just mean people aren't interested to see who he's going to fight next unless it is a Bivol or a Benavidez or even a Mungu look I, I get a bit of stick when I say this, but I love the Eubank Jr. fight with Canelo. It, look, as much as we rip into Asif, yeah, I believe Eubank Jr. turns up to try and knock Canelo out. I want to see someone have a go at Canelo. Okay, Bivol kept him at bay. You know, he didn't allow him to bully him. He didn't allow Canelo to come forward. And when he did, he made Canelo look average, uh, average yeah? I want to see someone come into a Canelo fight with Canelo's game plan. And whatever we say about Eubank Jr., you know he's he's going to turn up to have a go. That's what you get with Eubank Jr. It's the kitchen sink and everything else. And when we speak about um, Chris Eubank Jr., I was in Liverpool for the show. You know, Liam Smith was there with, with the rest of the Smith brothers. Kel Brook was there. There's a lot of talk right now. What's going on with Chris Eubank Jr.? Is he going to fight a third fight with Liam Smith? Kel Brook said he likes the idea of coming out of retirement if the fight is right. There's only two fights, in my opinion, for him to come back for which is Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr., even though I don't think he needs to come back in. So you've kind of got a little mix going on right now. So let's say Eubank Jr. can't get a fight with a Canelo, which I don't think will happen. There's Yanabek who holds one of the world titles in middleweight. I don't think that's a fight that Eubank Jr. is interested in because there's not much money behind it. But there is a bit of money involved with a third fight in Liam Smith, and there's probably a payday involved with Kelbrook as well because it's a British domestic showdown, and they'll probably go to Manchester... What's next for Eubank Jr., but also Liam Smith and Kelbrook? I mean, do you think Eubank Jr., Smith free, or Eubank Jr., Kelbrook is a fight that the public wants to see run? Do we want to see a Kelbrook come back? You know, he, no, I don't. That's you know, no he went off in the, as we, we spoke about this at length, you know, he went off in the sunset after beating his old foe, 
in Amir Khan and we're like, look, Kel, you've done it. You've been a world champion. You've been in good fights with the Golovkins. You've been in with Errol Spence. You know, you gave us some really good fights. Like Sean Port as well, let me add to that. So what has he got left to prove? You know, um, it's, I guess, you know, a lot of these boxers, it's kind of what to do after their career, you know, come, kind of comes to an end. Uh, and it would be sad. I really think that, you know, Chris Eubank Jr., who we saw put on a good performance in that rematch, I think he would wipe the floor with, you know, we don't know what kind of shape he's in. You know, his ring rust. How long, how many years has it been since the American fight? Coming up to two years, mate. Two years. Um, that's how long he hasn't fought. And, you know, he's, he's had mental health issues. He's blown up in weight. So, you know, how what mental space is he in? Do I want to see uh, the rematch, well, the trilogy? Mm, not really, not really fast, really. You know, it's 1-1, one, one, Ron. It is 1-1. One, one. Not really. It, doesn't, it is 1-1, one, one, Ron. It doesn't really do much for either their careers kind of thing. And I think Chris Eubanks thinking probably, I got the last laugh. Let's move on. It's interesting to see what Eubank Jr. does next. Um I mean, that Conor Ben thing has got, went on for far too long. And listen, I kind of look, the Conor Ben fight's not going anywhere. Okay, that's it's not, but happen. it's... That fight happen. Until, unless he sorts out his drama with the British Board of, of Boxing Control. So, but that's not happening any, anytime soon. In my opinion, there's only one guy that can make the Conor Ben fight with Chris Eubank Jr. That's Turkey and Al Sheikh. But listen, Eubank Jr. is a prize fighter. He's not going to turn down a huge payday. Conor Ben is obviously in the sport to make money as well as well as legacy. So that's the one guy that we can only hope for that makes this fight. And fingers crossed it is a fight that happens because it's a fight we want to see. But look, I mean, when you look at it either way though, Ron, you know, whatever you say about Brooke and Smith, they've won a world title yet. Chris Eubank Jr. hasn't. And as we spoke uh, about this in the past, there is that route to fight Yanebeck for the WBO world title. You know, Yannabek fought Denzel Bentley. He didn't look that good. You know, when you're, what, 34, 35 years of age, this is the point of your career where I believe he's made enough money. But in terms of the success in as being a world champion, it's not there yet. So what do you do? I mean, obviously, we know now there's a, there's a possibility, possibility of him currently continuing to work with with Bomac, there's also huge domestic fights and there's also huge fights at, in terms of world elite level fighters. So what do you do now with Chris Eubank Jr.? What, what does he do next? Because I honestly believe, in my opinion, now this has got to be the year where he ends the year as a, as a world champion. I mean, he hasn't fought since uh, that Liam Smith fight. When was that Liam Smith fight? August uh, or September, I believe. God, I mean, like, you know, we're now in an age where we got people like heavyweights fighting three times a year. Yeah, you know? Ron, that, that's, that's only been happening recently. Which that's is good, which is, this is okay. what I'm saying, that someone like Christopher Eubank, who does draw a lot of attention, gets, people are interested, uh, you know, he's clickbait, you know, whenever he's on screen, people, you will get eyes focused on him. So he needs to kind of jump on that. And it depends on his priorities. You know, what are his priorities? Does he want to make more money? And, or does he want legacy? You know, like what his dad had, 
you know, winning world titles and being in great fights. So, yeah, you can go down that, you know, having these domestic tear-ups with a retired Kells Brook, which doesn't do anything for his legacy. You know, people will say he should have won, you know, he would have won that fight anyway. Uh, Liam Smith fight, you can have the third fight if, if he wants to. Conor Ben, that, that seems like a drama that needs to just resolve itself before that fight can even take place. Mm. So that Yannibek fight, I thought that would be the route he would take. He's been after, he's been desperately trying to hunt that fight, big fight with a Golovkin. I don't know if that will happen. There, there, was, there was also talks of him going down the IBO route and I'm like, come on. You know, you, you paraded that uh, IBO title around the Brighton and Hove Albion Stadium. <laughs> I mean, like, I can get the fact that you wanted Golovkin. You know, if you're not going to get a world title shot at elite world level and you're not going to fight Liam Smith, move up to 168, go after Caleb Plant, Demetrius Andrade, you know, um, go after those boys because the meet up there is a lot bigger than the meet down at 160. It, for me, it's either got to be... It's got to be Liam Smith free or it's got to be any one of the world champions at 160, 168 pounds. I still love the idea of seeing another fight with Billy Joe Saunders, but Billy Joe Saunders has not fought coming up to three years now. So we don't know what's going to happen next. But either way, I think Liam Smith should look to sort of maybe move on from this whole chapter with Chris Evan Jr. and try to keep himself active. If Kelbrook is coming back into boxing... You know, you heard Talk Sport when they interviewed him at the fight the other night. They don't want him to fight again because he's had such a good career. He's got nothing else to prove. Mm. And towards the end of his career, he took a lot of punishment against Golovkin and Crawford. You don't want to see the guy whose biggest win of his, of his, of his, of his career, and Spence. Yeah. You don't want to see a guy who's just had the biggest win of his career against Amir Khan come back after two years later and get annihilated. Yeah, I, in my, I agree with you. He bowed out the best way possible by beating Amir Khan, his old foe, his old rival enemy. It's going to be interesting to tell. But what we do know next is that we could be getting a rematch between Josh Taylor and Jack Cattrall. Um, Jack Cattrall um, has removed himself away from a world title eliminator. And it looks as if the next fight with him is going to be that huge rematch with with Josh Taylor. You have to go back two years ago when they fought in February 2022. We all know what happened that night. A controversial decision went into the favour of Josh Taylor, even though 99% of the boxing world believed Catford won the fight, especially how he dominated and obviously putting Josh Taylor down on the canvas. I just think, right, you know, Josh Taylor, yeah, he's had two points in his career with real low points. The defeat to Teofimo Lopez in his last fight, which was his first defeat. And now, obviously, this Jack Catron story, which has been lingering over him since the, the night the first fight happened. And if you ask me what's hurt him the most, it's the backlash after the Catron fight. The Teofimo Lopez fight must have hurt, but it was... I'm pretty sure it was a... Uh, he got over it. This Jack Catron thing has really, really taken its toll on him because he wasn't good against Teofimo Lopez. You know, he had a lot of time out of the ring after the fight with Catron. So this is a fight that, in my opinion, makes sense for him to take because he needs to now go out there and prove a point and finally settle the score with Jack Catron. 
But for British boxing run, it's a, it's, it's it's very good that we're going to get the rematch and both fighters are now on the same path in terms of this fight happening next. About bloody time. <laughs> it's taken two years for us to, uh, you know, the back and forth, you know, when the fight, the rematch was going to happen and then Josh Taylor got himself injured, then it got postponed, then it got cancelled. Then Josh Taylor pursued a fight against uh, Teofimo, and we know how that ended. So, yeah, and this this has not left him. You know, people haven't boxing the boxing fraternity hasn't forgotten about this performance against Catterall, where, you know, rightly so, I totally agree. He was robbed of uh, you know a career defining moment for him. Not just uh, any career defining moment. The undisputed championship of the world wow, he was robbed of. I know that well, that wasn't part of the script. Uh, and, you know, and we we spoke about. Well, I remember doing a, a podcast on that, and you know that was a closing door kind of moment because it kind of that could have been the gateway to bigger fights for Jack Catterall. You know, he could have made a lot more money than he has right now. So I'm glad that I don't know. Has that fight been signed? Is it been? Is, is it the dotted line and the eyes well, been dotted and the teeth been crossed? Out. He's pulled out the final eliminator to take this fight. So I should imagine that this fight is going to get announced. Hopefully, hopefully, at the early stages of February, maybe it'll happen in April or May. But either way, it's the fight that we need to see. Do you know what, though? I mean, he done an interview with Talk Sport uh, at the fight on Saturday night, and I was right behind him. And he said that he feels as if he's not been given the credit, credit that he's deserved. Because when you look at Josh Taylor, one of the best fights I ever watched in boxing was his fight against Regis Progre. Yeah, he won that Muhammad Ali trophy. He's involved in some good fights. But we, the boxing world seems to forget this guy is a former undisputed world champion. Right, The guy has climbed to the very pinnacle of the sport. And yet one bad performance against Jack Cattrall and that's all gone out the window. And I actually feel sorry for this guy because when we talk about, you talk about Kalzagi, you talk about Prince Naz. You know, when this guy retires, Ron, he's got something on them that maybe no other British fighter might ever have. And that's an undisputed world title on his record. Now, Tyson Fury maybe might become that in a couple of weeks when he fights Alexander Usyk. He might not be, but one thing that's guaranteed is that Jack is that Josh Taylor has won an undisputed world championship before. So do you think the backlash? And in terms of how he's been treated by the fans, it's harsh. And do you think that maybe we do need to give him a bit more respect for what he's accomplished in this sport? Oh, look, no doubt, you know, you can't knock what he's done being an undisputed in that way. He was, uh, I mean, the last two performances, Jack Catterall and obviously Teofimo Lopez, have kind of tarnished his career, you know, a lot. Um, and he's kind of using this fight, the rematch, to kind of, write a few, you know, correct a few wrongs that's happened and to kind of say, actually, I am as good as people are made out as, you know, like he's, as, you know, proud. He's up there as one of the best Scottish boxers ever. I think after, up there with Ken Buchanan, I think. Is it Ken, Ken Buchanan? Yeah. So I think there is an element of harsh harshness towards him. You know, it happens. You know, hats off to, you know, Tiafima Lopez. Tiafima Lopez has been in, you know, he's beaten the likes of Lomachenko, lost against Cambosis, he lost against. So, 
you know, he's no mug that he's lost against, you know, and he's on the he's he's on the up again. Um, and he just caught Josh Taylor on a bad night. So, you know, I'm I, I'm just as a fan really excited that if that fight gets made, you know, it's gonna. I'm looking forward to the gloves are off kind of moment to see what what gets said to each other this time round and how they approach the fight, how they learn from the previous performance. But that was, you know. Was it how many years ago did you say two two years ago? February, yeah. It's been a... So they're they're at different points in their careers, you know. Catrell's uh fought twice, mm-hmm. you know, he fought against Jorge, uh, you know, an aged aging kind of Jorge Linares, you know, who's at the end of his career. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good spectacle. Let's mm-hmm. let's just see. If you've been watching, awesome. if you've been watching the back and forth these guys have been having on social media, these guys oh, yeah. can't cannot stand each other, and this this definitely sells, and this definitely, is, my opinion, probably sells out. Maybe the AO Arena in Manchester, maybe even the O2. You'd have to put on a couple. Of the Did you hear what there. Josh Taylor said about this? Where where the fight takes place? He said, "No, I don't want it to be in Saudi. Even though I'll get probably a lot more money, I want it. You know, it's it's a British." It's British, you know, it's going to be on British soil. And what fair you... play for him to saying that. Listen, like mm. I said, Ron, I, I, look, I put my hands up. I believe Catrell did beat him, but I've never once said he's shit. Or... Oh, no. Those words can't be used towards Judge Tush Taylor. Look, Ron, the guy is a former undisputed mm. world champion. Agreed. He's going to go down as one of British, Britain's greatest ever fighters, whether people like it or not. These idiots out there shit fighter, overrated, oh, just throws punches, you know, his, his head is, he uses his, his head as deep. Learn about the sport. The guys won the Undisputed World Championship. All right, okay? He's had a couple of bad performances. It happens, okay? Some of the greatest fighters ever to put gloves on have lost fights. It's part and parcel of the game. But however, though, Ron, if he does not win this rematch with Jack Catrell, uh, yeah, it's a very, very long road back. But then we talk about what's changed in two years. Jamie Moore and Jack Catrell will believe that they 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 win the fight. Josh Taylor, Joe McNally believe that they've got to be a lot better, which he knows he will. You know, he knows that performance wasn't good enough. He knows he's going to have to be a lot better. But I think when the spotlight's on him and the pressure's on him, I think that's when you see the best version of, of Josh Taylor. And Hopefully we get the rematch and hopefully we get it before the summer. And I do think Josh Taylor will win the rematch. I really do believe he wins the rematch. And I want him to become a two-weight world champion because I'm a huge, huge fan of the guy. But Ron, what do you reckon make what do you reckon happens if we get the rematch? I'm ca- I'm Team Catrell. Okay, I'm fair enough. Yeah, um, I think, you know, these at this he's Feels he's had, you know, he had Josh Taylor's number from last time. Sadly, you know, the last two performances, haven't, we haven't seen the best of Josh Taylor. Could he be on the decline? He's 33 years of age. You know, have we seen his best days behind him? That, that, that's the question mark I would raise. Uh, but look, regardless, it's going to be a great fight if it happens. I'm looking forward to the build-up. Uh, the please, boys, continue the... Uh, the back and forth on the, the social media where they're just completely insulting each other and, and just have pure bad blood between the two. Uh, you know, it's it's a shame that this fight hasn't happened sooner. But look, I don't blame Cat- Cat- uh, sorry, Josh Taylor, you know, went over to the US, 
fought against Tiafimo, came up short. At least he's got this to fall back on now. It's going to be a very, very fiery fight week. When fight week eventually does happen, we're still waiting for an announcement of a date and a venue, and hopefully we're going to get that announcement soon. Um, Ron, I'm going to add one more topic before we bring Pod 71 to an end. And I just want to touch back on an interview I did with Kevin Marie, who I've got down as one of the most successful managers in boxing in the UK right now. He's got a stable with a, with a packed load of fighters, a number of fighters. And I just want to get your take on something, mate. Um, where do you feel as if the sport goes wrong with the the future of boxing? I'm not talking about your Adam Azim's, you know, and these fighters. I'm talking about your fighters that are going into their professional debuts, 1-0, 2-3, Talk about those fighters that are just starting off the early point of your career. How can boxing improve to make sure those fighters are nurtured in the right way, looked after, but also make sure they have a very decent career by the time they do end their journey in boxing? What do you think the sport needs to do to improve? God, that's a, that's a very broad question, isn't Listen, it? You put me on the spot with your quick fire questions. <laughs> so now you know how it feels. Oh, uh, I think preparing the boxers for all eventualities, you know, not all of everyone's going to make it into the superstars. They're not all going to be headlining. So, you know, you know, these boxers need to realize that there's more to, there's more to, you know, life out. There's obviously life outside of boxing as well, kind of preparing for that as well. And being patient, you know, I think we live in a very, you know, social media, we want immediate, kind of results with boxers you know we know it's you have to be patient with these guys you know it's a it's a slow process but when they make, make their way to the top what do you think i remember um yeah. i spoke to johnny nelson about 18 months ago i'd done the 10 quick fire question thing with him and he said that when he was a young fighter barry hearn used to look after him after every fight would have their fighters take out a sum of money and give give it to him so that he can look after and they mm. can hand it back to him when they ended their career. And at the time he thought, well, what's this all about? But in the end, he said it was probably the best thing Barry mm. ever made him did. So, you know, we've had a few fighters um, over the last few sort of months and even after COVID, I've called it a day with boxing. Obviously, I'm not sure whether it's down to funding issues or mm. whatever it is. So I think financially, look, I get what's going on in Saudi Arabia and I'm glad that something like that's happening because we're finally getting everybody working together. But I just think, you know, just because these guys were one, two and oh, just because they may not have millions of followers on social media and they may not be selling out arenas, just like those guys that are actually doing all of that, these guys are still risking their lives as well getting in the ring. So I think let's start pumping some more money not just to the younger fighters, but let's start pumping more money into women's boxing as well. Like I said to you, I was, I was honoured to be at that fight on Saturday night. And I, I'd love to see the younger fighters not having to rely on selling tickets just to get paid, you know. we've got we, Now we've got to look at um, maybe these promoters setting up a trust fund. You know, we've got to get more, more sponsorship deals in place. I mean, I know times are hard. I know small businesses are probably still feeling the effects of COVID. But, you know, these guys are going in that ring and they're risking everything else just to keep us entertained and they're trying to put food on their table. So I think financially it plays a big part in terms of how these 
younger fighters grow into that next phase of their career. And yeah, I put it back down to finance. Of course, more following in social media, all that helps. Getting big fights, perhaps after seven, eight fights, also helps. But let's start financially start starting to start to look after these boys and let's start giving them, you know, a piece of the pie. You know, we've had Fury versus Nganu out in Saudi. We've had the huge day of reckoning card. We're gonna get Joshua Nganu. We're gonna get Queensbury versus Matru. We're gonna get Fury versus Usyk and undisputed. I'd like to see Saudi maybe invest in a sort of a revolution card, a, a card just based on the future of the sport. You know, where Turkey and Al Sheikh comes together with your Frank Warrens and your ADN and says, you know, for one night only, let's get our your best young fighters, let's get them fights, but let's put some serious money into these fighters so that in six weeks after this fight, they're not having to worry about, I need to get back in the ring quickly, so I've got some tickets just to make it financially, and I've got to gain more followers on social media. I want to see the boxing world start looking after the younger fighters the new up-and-coming fighters, better financially, but also more opportunities given out because one day Crawford, Spence, Fury, Usyk, Bivol, these fighters, Canelo, they're going to walk away from the sport. And then we're sort of looking behind us to see who's the next big thing. And the next big big thing are these guys that are starting out. You know, Steve Clark on Saturday night look, being looked after um, the Smith brothers. Professional debut sold over a 1,000 tickets. Fantastic news, brilliant for him, made up for the kid, good good talent as well. But that's not the case with every fighter, so every fighter in his position. So let's try and, you know, not just the promoters, fans like me, yourself, you know, every boxing fan out there, let's see if there's more we can do for these younger fighters because it's not a long sport and it's a sport that can end just like that. We've seen horrific injuries happen in the boxing ring. Yeah, that's what I would do um, in terms of helping the next gen in their careers in boxing. Did I say enough or did I say too much? More than enough. I think you yeah, absolutely. Uh, the points that you made are great. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's boxing's, it's not as a, you know, it's serious business, you know, you're putting your life on the line and they need to be protected in and out the ring. Uh, I reiterate that. Not everyone, not all of these, you know, young fighters are going to make it, you know, so they, they need, you know, I think that's a great story that you told about what you said about Johnny Nelson, about putting money away. That should be something that should be, there should be some sort of education program as well about the dangers of, you know, life after boxing as well. That's what they need to really think about. Mm. You know, the, the boxer's life is, can be cut short very quickly through injury, through an eye injury or, you know, one wrong punch in the wrong area so you know these boxes need to be protected as well so i yeah i'm all for that anything else you want to add my man no um i'm looking forward to uh the Usyk uh and fury fight coming up soon so uh, i hope that all goes well i hope uh, tyson's got his game face on you know there's a lot of kind of john fury was ranting about his son wasn't in the right place, you know, having to go at the team. But let's let's just hope he's, you know, we've not seen him much on social media. So maybe that's saying, that's saying something about you know, how seriously he's taken this fight, uh, which he needs to, because obviously Usyk's uh, got three of the belts. Tyson's got one. So we're going to, after, since Lennox Lewis. I, I would just like to put on notice that those three belts that Usyk's got, Tyson never lost those belts, by the way. 
they're just on hold for the time being you know okay. he's keeping them okay. warm and polished but anyway listen that's a podcast for a few weeks time don't forget Bawatsi Aziz next week as well I'll be at that um, oh no way you're lucky guy man well I'm on it I'm on it and guys if you don't believe I'm on it just go go and check out the 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 new content that's been uploaded throughout the last few throughout the last week there's some good interviews up there and you know get involved um, but nonetheless we have kickstarted our journey on 2024 we've got our first show out of the way we've got a show on Saturday night and then the following week and it's a very very exciting time to be a boxing fan Ron my brother I appreciate you as always thank you very much for taking your time out to join us today on podcast 71 to the viewers out there if you haven't already make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for further lights out boxing content uh check us out on all the social media platforms i'll even put ron's instagram link in there he's got millions of followers i'm pretty sure he, he'd, he'd appreciate a few more million followers i'll, I'll share my only fans as well if you don't mind <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to subscribe to that people they say it's only 12 pound a month content. But great content forget yeah. about it uh, these uh, influencers, you know, <laughs> just follow me instead. <laughs> I wasn't so tired, I'd laugh. Uh, guys, thank you very much for taking your time out to join us on this week's podcast. Um, if you want to listen to it on any of the audio platforms, links are below in the description. And if you need any legal representation in court, we are sponsored by the one and only Spartans Law and a massive shout out to Spartans Law for their continued support as always. And that's all we've got time for today on Podcast 71 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.